0: 1987, and NASA launches the last of America's deep space probes. In a freak mishap, Ranger 3 and its pilot Captain William Buck Rogers are blown out of their trajectory into an orbit which freezes his life support systems and returns Buck Rogers to Earth 500 years later.
1: is now activated. The ship will detonate in T minus, we'll in T minus ten seconds. Nine. Nine eight,
2: eight 8 7, six, 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 five, seven. Four, Three. Two one How
3: are you doing this morning?
4: I'm good. I uh Yeah, I got up and watched the second episode early this morning. So I fell asleep during it. For <laughs> the first time I watched it. It's a hard tale right there. <laughs> Welcome back to our Escape Pod. My name is Ryan. I'm Nathan. Hi Nathan. Hey, how are you?
3: I'm doing well, thank you. We have a nice top of the day recording session today. Yeah, but not so early as the last time.
4: We get to Watch uh, another sunrise from our escape pod.
3: It's beautiful out there in the vacuum of space.
4: I have my space coffee.
3: Mm -hmm. How's that space coffee?
4: It's all right. It's just, you know, Coke AM as usual. Mm hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I drink anymore. I'm having space tea. Oh.
3: Yeah. Sounds, Sounds better. I don't have coffee that often anymore. No.
4: No, I only drink it like when I'm desperately tired.
3: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but, same here, and then it like blows my head off.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild shit. I'm a I drink PG Tips. That's my brand of choice. What or, on earth is that? It's I think it's one of the most popular teas in England. Oh. Just a black tea.
3: Oh nice. I'm a gunpowder man myself. I don't know what that is. Gunpowder green?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Just like a powder.
3: No, it's uh it's not a powder. It's it's uh, the tea leaf, and it's dried, and it rolls up in a little ball. Hmm. I think it's why it's called Gunpowder, because it kind of looks like Buckshot, I guess. I don't know why, or or right. it's how strong it is,
4: because it's pretty strong. We should have talked about this with the Soylent Green. Oh, shit, yeah. We oh, could have well. we pulled a, it's made a people joke.
3: However, this week we have a little bit lighter fare. Real sci-fi, finally. Definitely falls under the real
4: sci-fi category. Makes me regret that... We have that rule. That, uh, what's the rule? That we should be watching sci-fi. Oh. But if this is what sci-fi is, maybe we shouldn't be watching (laughs) sci-fi. Well, yeah, you can't win
3: them all, even when it is technically the subject of the show.
4: We're talking about Buck Rogers in the 25th century, the television show. From 1979. I didn't realize it was a 70s thing. I thought for sure it was 80s.
3: Yeah, the, the series ran from 79 to 80. They had two seasons.
4: So it looks to me like, I mean, it was, it was created by Larson, mm-hmm. right, who we know created Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. It looks like the two overlapped. I believe that they did, yeah. I, I looked into it because in the very... Well, actually, I don't know if we should talk about it quite yet.
3: Hey, You can say whatever you want, man.
4: Yeah, well, I, I was looking into it because very early in the episode, you see the uh, Colonel... Deering Wil- Wilma uh, uh-huh. piloting one of their one of her starships, and the joystick is clearly from Battlestar Galactica.
3: Yeah, I think they used a lot of the same sets. Yeah, so I thought and, I thought that like there's no models. way they.
4: It's not like they just were inspired by it. Like it's absolutely the exact same thing. So
3: yeah, and they used um, some of the same sets as well, or uh, locations, yeah. I should say, actually. The Battlestar Galactica made for TV movie, which we haven't watched and I've never seen, I don't think. Um, They use the same buildings from the, uh, what, the Expo? Oh, yeah. Uh, These, you know, these like mid century modern concrete futuristic buildings in that Albuquerque
4: architecture.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what we call (laughs) it. So, yeah, um, this was made for a theatrical
4: release as a pilot for the show, but we couldn't, I didn't find it. Did you? No, I didn't. And I read, I read a thing that talked about the differences, right? So we watched the first two episodes, I guess that aired on TV. Yeah. And they cut some of the racier scenes, I guess. Yeah. They cut some stuff out and that's basically the only difference. I guess there was a little bit of different editing, but
3: they added a couple things I think as well.
4: Yeah. So one of the things they said that they cut was him saying shit, but then I swear to God, he says shit in this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. When like at one point when he's getting caught by the giant bodyguard, Tiger Man. Yeah, and he realizes he has to go mono imano with them. Yeah. I swear to God, he says shit. There was a really choppy edit there. It like jumps. So then I thought, well, maybe, maybe they actually like have gone back and. Oh. Made the first two episodes because there's you know that kind of thing is allowed now, so maybe they went back and they just the first two episodes are the original theatric trailer. But the other thing that I know was cut was at some point he calls Wilma ballsy Yeah, not 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 okay for broadcast TV. <laughs> did you watch this as a kid i certainly did yeah
3: oh yeah me too i loved it and i haven't seen it since then so no me either. that opening sequence really brought some feelies yeah
4: it's a it's a nice opening sequence we get some apollo rocket footage yeah like future space shuttle
3: yeah and then and then yeah uh william buck rogers in his future space shuttle uh calling it the last of the deep space probes to launch in 1987.
4: Yeah, that's unfortunate.
3: Apparently before the what, a nuclear holocaust, I guess, Yeah, rips across the Earth. You know, we get exposition right up front. And if you don't know Buck Rogers, listener, I mean, Buck Rogers has been around since the late 20s. Yeah, I think so. Early 30s. It really has given a lot of credit for bringing space exploration into the... Uh, you know, science-fictional milieu.
4: Yeah, the the comic was in the 30s. I think the first story was in the 20s, which mm-hmm. was um, yeah, 1928. Which is like bonkers to me. Yeah, and amazing stories, which as everybody knows, I'm a, a fan of. Of course, everybody knows that. Yeah, everybody knows. That's the first thing they think of when they think of <laughs>
3: you, that and that you like to eat human flesh.
4: Right, yeah, no problem. So yeah, the, the
3: basic premise is some phenomenon which is very unclear happens, and he's frozen mm-hmm. and then he's discovered 500 years later, yeah and thawed out. And the beginning's very cool. There's like these concentric rings that are going by as hes you see his image of his body kind of falling through them, right And in that there are vignettes of like earth changing over the uh, centuries.
4: He's frozen into the shape of Bill Murray, evidently <laughs> He does look like a frosty Bill Murray. It looked like I even went online to like look at a still of it, and it's absolutely looks like they just sprayed frost all over Bill Murray.
0: The crowd is standing on its feet here at Augusta, the normally
3: reserved Augusta crowd.
4: Yeah, it's those cans of spray um, you
3: would spray your windows with to look frosty in Christmas time.
4: Yeah, going wild. Which is weird because this guy who plays Buck Rogers, Gil Gerald. Gil Gerard. Oh, Gil Gerard. He's the, the most average looking white guy like he's that early 80s like i can't tell the difference between him and like the whatever the 30 million dollar man or whatever that show was like he's that typical that's
3: a 6 million dollar man just six. to be clear well interest
1: <laughs> gentlemen we can rebuild him we have the technology
4: uh,
3: lee majors is that guy's name they were okay. uh very similar looking yeah brown haired the chin dimple
4: Mm-hmm. We had like this guy and then we had like the guy with the big mustache in the in the early 80s. Those were the, the people on TV. Mm-hmm.
3: I feel like Gil Gerard has impossible hair. It, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. It's crazy. Like every, every angle you see him in in this movie, it looks slightly different. Like it seems like he has seven different haircuts that are kind of doing the same thing. But it, sometimes it's longer. Sometimes it's shorter. But it just kind of flaps and stays together. You think he was wearing a piece? I don't think so. I, I think that uh, he just had this, well, obviously, you know, very done hair, and they were just constantly doing it, so it never got musked, but always morphed. Right. Um, I, I don't know. As a kid, I think I was always fascinated by his hair also.
4: I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember his hair from <laughs> being a kid, but...
3: Well, the little things we, we focus on.
4: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Wait! something about the ship i've not seen anything like it
3: he gets picked up by what is called an alien spaceship but i was confused by that it never was clear to me if they were all formerly earthlings for from a long time ago that went out into space and started this other empire yeah called the draconian the draconian empire which is a really a dead giveaway that you're bad guys
4: i i guess i wasn't Either I didn't want to put that much thought into it. I w- I didn't have that conflict. I-, I assumed that they were aliens, all of them except for Kane.
3: Right, because uh, he it's it's stated that he was from Earth originally. Hey, you ready to play the game?
4: Uh huh. Oh yeah. <coughs> I mean, we're there. <laughs> Did you re-
3: yeah? Do you recognize them or?
4: Yeah, I mean, he's my Mi- that's Michael Ansara, right? Yeah, down down from Red Alert. Uh huh. Yeah, and he, so he's like been on every every different version of Star Trek, I think.
3: Oh, really? I, I only noticed him from TOS playing a Klingon. We'll die from suffocation in the icy cold of space.
4: Yeah, but he played that. You know, like I mean, Deep Space Nine, especially, it was like, let's bring all the old Klingons back. Oh, right, of course. To like screw around with Dax, And he was on there. And didn't he play Kane? Wasn't that his, I mean, that was his name in this movie, uh, but wasn't Kang? It? Yeah, oh, was it Kang? Okay, it was
3: Kang on Star Trek. Oh yeah, and Kane on Buck Rogers.
4: <laughs> and then um, the other thing is, he was. He was the Loxana, Troy's um, baby daddy on uh, Deep Space Nine. What? Yeah, where she comes back. uh, She's pregnant, and she wants to raise the boy, but he's from some planet where boys have to be raised by men, and then Odo professes his love for her. Yeah, great episode.
3: Oh, my God. I think that was the... That's right. That was him. Yeah. I really... uh, I avoid the uh, (laughs) Loxana episodes like the fucking plague. Yeah. But I think I, I did. I did see that one.
4: Sometimes she just, yeah. I mean, she ruins the episodes, but it's pretty. It's a pretty fun fire to watch sometimes.
2: When will you get it through your thick head that it's over between us?
4: He gets picked up, and the
3: the uh, the ships that shoot out of the bad big bad guy ship. They're they're these cool little fighters, but I love that tunnel that they like catapult yeah. out of. That's a pretty cool thing.
4: Yeah. Whoa! I wanted to talk about the fact that, like, yeah, it's, it looks like the space shuttle.
3: Rogers ship.
4: Yeah, right. Like he's in a space shuttle style thing. But like when this aired, the space shuttle hadn't even happened yet. I mean, it was being developed, but yeah, it didn't. That didn't launch until 1980. I was thinking about that. I wonder, like, I mean, there must have been they like must have had
3: models, a good idea what artist renderings and stuff. Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. What
4: it looked like. But I was just wondering if, yeah, like if this was supposed to look if they were trying to make it look like the space shuttle or like a future space shuttle, but.
3: Yeah, I was wondering the same exact thing. It's a pretty
4: cool looking craft. I thought it was kind of there's like one view where like from those on or something it looks like a goose. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty ugly front, I thought, but Not as cool as the uh the earth
3: fighters that we're gonna meet soon. Yeah. Those things are the shit.
4: So yeah, so they got a plan. They they find him. And they realize that they, they can use them because they're on their way to Earth to, to negotiate a treaty. The Earth has had the Earth has gone through this scorched Earth, uh, phase and can't grow its own food, and so they rely on other planets for food. And then the all their food is being stolen by pirates. Right, there's pirate raids on Earth's trade routes. So these Draconians are control. What do they say? Three quarters of the galaxy, or something? Three quarter? No, they said. Yeah, I think they said that they've conquered three quarters of the universe, but it's got to be the galaxy.
3: Yeah, that that happens too often in in science fiction writing. Yeah. Drives me crazy. What's the fucking difference? (laughs) They revive him and they give him like a pain shot. Oh, Oh right. And it it gets super high.
4: Yeah, that stuff seemed pretty good. He he didn't want him to stop.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it seemed like great shit. Are
4: you a real live princess?
0: I think we've given our captain a little too much medication.
1: Oh, no, I feel great.
4: (laughs) We meet Princess Ardala. Sexy Princess Ardala, who's...
3: Yeah, really over-sexualized.
4: Yeah, really into him right away.
3: Real sex pot. The actress is Pamela Hensley.
2: Preserved young or preserved old?
0: Very
3: young.
2: Hmm. Well, I've never met a 500-year-old man.
3: She's into him right away and this kind of bothers Kane. Right. But yeah, he comes up, he concocts this plan to what, put him back on his ship. Yeah. They like service his ship, put him back on it, and send him back on his way.
4: Right, with a microtransmitter, and then they're not sure if he's a spy or if he really is five hundred years old, but they're gonna send him back to Earth and watch what happens. And if if they let him if they if if he is a spy, then they'll escort him back to Earth, and which will reveal the right path, right? Like I guess there's some sort of shield, right? And if you if you hit the shield, you burn up. Anyway, I mean, there's a lot of potholes, so we don't need to address them all. Oh, like oh the- yeah.
3: <laughs> it's really <laughs> fast and loose.
4: <laughs> so anyway, that's the plan.
3: I like that they're putting him back on his ship, and he's so high. He's like,
4: I must have had a great time with you guys. <laughs> yeah.
3: He's just like a, like a drunken sailor in port.
4: Yeah. Like, and then they are like they're like remove the IV and he's like oh no don't do that yeah <laughs> disconnect the medication oh don't do that I really love that so he's
3: he's entering Earth's defense shield and this is when we meet Colonel Wilma Deering played by Aaron Gray
0: look lady
2: Colonel Deering now please be quiet
1: Wilma
3: flying their cool ass fighter planes that uh, I had I had one of those oh yeah
4: these were great man
3: they are sleek looking. There. Badass planes.
4: They were the original concept for the Viper. Oh, no shit. That was used in the Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Another great fighter. Yeah. Like, I actually don't know which one I like better. Hard, like to, hard equally, to say. Yeah. Equally cool. Very cool. This one has a back seat, which is more useful for writing stories, I think.
3: Yeah, I noticed that by the end that they had a back seat, but didn't yeah. notice it before, so <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. The
4: Vipers, I don't think they ever, I don't know how they would ever.
3: Get anyone else in there? Just sit in the lap. Yeah, that's how you do it, I guess. Strap him to the back. <laughs> yeah. Buck Rogers is still kind of in a delusional state, and he's like, "Oh, it's got to be the
4: Russians." Yeah, he thinks he's being escorted to like Red Square.
3: Wait, the guys to the cape, hear this. Buck Rogers is down the middle of Red Square. <laughs> he right away is like a little too familiar with her. Yeah. When he meets her on the flight deck, he kind of like touches her arm and she's very quickly like don't touch me barbarian which i liked
2: take this barbarian in for interrogation what?
3: and we also meet right away um the robot dr robot yeah dr theopolis who is the little ai robot that's like a disc with lights in it
0: this is dr theopolis good morning dr theopolis it's a lovely day thank you i did my best
3: and he he rides around on Tweaky. And I, sometimes I was like, wait, is it Twiggy or Tweaky? I'm not sure. It's Tweaky.
4: Okay.
0: What is that? This is Tweaky. He's your drone.
3: Yeah, I, I saw it in the credits and uh, voiced by Mel Blanc. Yeah. Yeah, you know who that is, right?
4: I don't know who that is.
3: Mel Blanc does like all the Looney Tunes cartoon voice. Yeah, like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and.
1: Dodgers in the twenty-fourth and a half century.
3: (laughs) He doesn't really get much to do. No,
4: it was weird. Like it seemed like Tweaky can't talk, and Doctor Robot talks for him.
3: Yeah, like speaks his robot language.
4: But then occasionally, Tweaky does talk.
3: Right. He just gets out a sentence once in a while in between his... uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's all, folks. I love that as a kid. Yeah, exactly. So Once you realize it's Mel
4: Blanc, it's like, of course, it's so obviously his voice. So in later episodes, at some point, they switch to Felix Silla, or Sia. He is the guy, I think, in the Tweaky costume. Oh okay. He's the
3: small person that walks around. And well, that goes. makes that
4: makes more sense then. Yeah, he was cousin it right. Oh, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Same guy in the hair.
1: <laughs> 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 I
3: like this concept. Um, that we the the doctor. There's a guy named. There's another doctor character we meet, who is what Doctor Hewn or something. Doctor Human.
0: My name's Doctor and I'm. Uh, I'm very pleased to meet you. Let's
3: call him that. Played by Tim O'Connor, and he's like the head of the Earth Defense Protectorate or something. And he explains to us that everything is controlled and run by this Council of these AI robots. Yeah. Which is, I think, a very cool idea. Like they decided after the war that humans weren't, you know not responsible enough to be in complete control anymore. So they turn it over to these guys who they work in tandem with in a council.
0: Captain Rogers, uh, I'll leave you with a word of advice. These uh, quads are not programmed by man. They've been programmed by one another over the generations. You see, the mistakes that we have made in areas, well, like our environment, have been entirely turned over to them. And they've saved the Earth from certain doom. Little by little, bringing us back so that we will not have to depend entirely on other planets for our food and water. The quads are not human, but you can hurt their feelings.
4: It, so early on, we were meeting these robots, and, and yeah. so Dr. Human is, is talking to, to Buck, and at some point he does say, like, you can hurt their feelings. Like, they've, they've been programming themselves and developing themselves for so long now that, you know, they may be robots, but you can hurt their feelings.
3: They've achieved consciousness.
4: And the, the robot... Doctor, it's like very early on, like says Buck Rogers is like an attractive man. Yeah, yeah, he does, and then he does that several times through all of this. So, yeah, Theopolis is into him. Yeah, I think I think Doctor Theo's got a crush. Well,
3: now, what an attractive man you are, Captain Buck Rogers. Now look, he, and he he stands by uh Buck the uh, the entire time for the most part. He's always advocating for him, when except for what he he wavers at one point towards the end. But
4: I was wondering at this point. Which society was more horrifying? So the the Orientalized uh, draconian empire, or right? So you got the draconian empire, which they're really trying to like. It's got a lot of Mongol style dress and flavor, and okay, but they have this like uh, empire building point of view, and and clearly they have uh, you know kings and and queens and all that. Yeah, they have an emperor. But, like, this society that Buck has found himself in, right, being run by, like, the decisions are being run by a council of robots that have been programming themselves, and the humans, are. I mean, both worlds seem like worlds that, like, TOS would find, and then teach them, like, what humanity is all about.
3: Yeah, Kirk would, like, phaser all of the uh, robot council members, and be like, you, now you gotta figure it out for yourselves, bye! We have no intention of causing harm.
4: Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> while, Spock, while Spock looks on in disgust. <laughs> yeah. Or he would, or it would be the one where Kirk goes and has sex with everybody while Spock looks on in disgust.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, in this case, I think Kirk would probably do both. He would fuck the princess and he would fuck the robots. He would fuck the princess and then destroy the robots. It's how that guy rolls.
4: I guess maybe that's the point of this is that Buck Rogers is going to come into this society and, and straighten it out. So it's supposed to be flawed.
3: Right, right. It's crazy um, how quickly he is kind of telling them what's up. He's talking military strategy with yeah. Colonel Deering like right off the bat. And he has, he has no idea like what situation he's in.
4: <laughs> right. Yeah. But he calls it because he, he's predicting that the uh, Draconians are not coming under uh, honest pretenses and that there's some sort of subterfuge happening.
3: Right, and they, they have trouble believing him and he wants to prove it to them.
4: Well, not only did they not believe him, but they accuse him of being a spy.
0: You can take my word. He's a wonderful man. Believe me.
4: I do believe that
2: you believe that he's a wonderful man, but you're not being asked to risk the lives of our few surviving warriors on his subterfuge. He's only
3: one man. He gets his quarters and he goes into, like, the computer interface, I suppose, and he's trying to get information out of it.
0: Tell me about Anarchia. How is it reached from the inner city? I'm afraid that's classified information, Buck.
3: But it's restricted and tweaky and. Theopolis show up right away, and they're like, hey, look, looks like you're resourceful enough that you're going to try to do this anyway, so we'll just help you. And I think he says something about, like, we'll we'll tell you all the ugly truths. You're determined to find out all the ugly truths for yourself. Yes, I am. And he wants to go out into old Chicago and look around in the wreckage of a semblance of the world he once knew, I guess.
4: They call it Anarchia. He's crazy.
3: They go out there, and they're basically just like, Walking through like a really smoky graveyard, like, <laughs> yeah. They're just like smoke plumes coming out of everywhere.
4: Yeah, they're being followed by mutant humans.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's mutant humans banging on pipes and stuff, which I thought was pretty cool, even <laughs> though they're really. they're just in rags. But it's like intimidating, you know. I guess. <laughs>
4: it, again, it just felt like a really bad Tos world.
0: Come for the festival, eh, ya? Yeah? Yes. Got a place to sleep it off yet?
4: He manages to find his parents' grave. Yeah. Which is just (laughs) bonkers. Well, he knew where they always wanted to be. Like, he helped them pick out the plot.
3: I guess so, yeah. (gasps) All right, (laughs) hold on. Jax. Yeah, I guess he helped them pick out the plot, yeah.
4: Right, like, he goes to downtown Chicago. Mm -hmm. Like, all the buildings are in ruins. And he finds, like, State Street or whatever stupid street Chicago's known for. Is that what it is? It's
3: a famous street?
4: Yeah yeah it was he looks up at the street sign and then immediately just starts walking in some direction finds this graveyard and then imme- immediately finds his parents grave this is where my parents are buried well at least i know part
3: of it we can't stay long buck we're being followed
4: i do like that he's kind
3: of puzzled that there's no dates on it and theopolis is like yeah, everything was so fucked up there's only one
0: stone no date only a few fortunate ones were buried at all it happened
3: so fast families were buried together Dates became unimportant as all systems broke down. Finally, there were no more armies or fighting, only
0: starvation,
3: contamination, and lingering death. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting, talking about the chaos. Uh, and they get attacked by the mutants in the smoky graveyard, and Buck Rogers shows himself right away to also be proficient in, like, kung fu.
4: Yeah, super karate. Yeah, a lot of kicking. Yeah, that's so much kicking. This is-
3: <laughs> and it's like really like crazy silver. He has like silver galoshes that are part of his uniform. They're pretty fun.
4: Yeah. Well, if, you've got, if your go-to move works, especially against mutants. Yeah.
3: Just keep doing you it. Keep doing it. A lot of kicks.
4: The whole time Theo is like annoyingly hopeless
3: yeah he really um he's like like c3po level fatalistic right yeah he's like
4: oh why even bother like, yeah, we're, we're doomed we're doomed <laughs> We're doomed.
3: <laughs> oh boy as for tweaky well i hate to tell you the use they'll put him to they get rescued
4: from the mob by uh, wilma and her crew show up off-roading with all the big old light bar they're out drinking somewhere nearby. Definitely. And they
3: got I like their laser
4: blasts. They're pretty
3: cool looking. They sound cool too.
4: Yeah, and that sound is definitely Battlestar Galactica. Oh, they use
3: that same that same jam? Yeah. Because- Rogers is like, hey, yeah, thanks for the assist. Didn't really need your help. But anyway, I'm gonna continue to fuck around out here. And they're like, nope, and they just blast them.
0: So unless you're prepared to shoot me. <laughs>
3: So he wakes up and he's going to trial, basically.
4: Well, they found the microtransmitter on his oh, space shuttle right. that the Draconians had placed. Why they think that this means he must be a spy, I don't know, but they, they do. And also, micro microtransmitter is misleading because it's... Sounds like a book. I guess video con- video game consoles, yeah, change over time. So that's not a good benchmark for how big it is. But yeah, like a large a large
3: textbook and the council of computers are all of these just like Dr. Theopolis, these like disks with lights in them and they all have like slightly different faces right and they're kind of, that's i really like that i thought it was super cool
4: it's all right it's a weird it's kind of a weird thing but they did, they decided to do it and i think they did a decent job like it, they do. they do look cool i th- at this point i was thinking how weird it is for like this actor who who's playing the human doctor dr elias or whatever played by tim o'connor and he's standing there like in this weird little gallery room with all of these basically like cookie tin uh-huh. electronic cookie tins and he's like acting talking to them and how i don't know he does a good job with it he does or maybe he doesn't because i started thinking about it oh uh-huh like it's like his eye, eye lines are weird his posture has to be weird to talk down to them he does a lot Something of like about
3: it. bending over to to talk to them Yeah, it's just felt... I think, I agree, that's kind of an odd move.
4: Yeah, and then, like, just the idea of, like, how did I find myself in this situation? (laughs) What's going through his head? (laughs) Yeah, this is what what I'm doing with my life. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh.
3: The council pretty quickly decides that they don't buy Buck Rogers' story, and they sentence him to death.
0: By unanimous vote, the council finds for the state. Captain Rogers... The council finds you guilty. Your life is to be terminated. Said termination to be carried out immediately. This council is adjourned. I don't believe it.
4: Wow, I didn't really see that coming. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Is that the end of the first episode? Basically, yeah. That's the end of the first episode, and it goes into that horrible...
3: Like soft uh, pop. I, the ending credits song I could not believe. Yeah, it that is rough shit. That's like it's, enterprise
4: level fucking horrible. It is so bad. <laughs> I thought like, oh my god, we're gonna have to put a clip of this in the podcast. Oh and definitely. Like, I don't think I. I don't think I even want to do that to people.
3: Well, since I'm editing this one, I'm doing it. I want everyone to share my pain.
2: Far beyond this world I've known Far beyond my time
4: What kind of world am I going to find? Will it be real or just
2: all in my mind? What am I? Who am I? What will I be? I
4: see. <clears throat> the creator Glenn Larson friend of the podcast uh-huh you know he was in what the four preps or whatever oh really yeah, I mean, we talked about this. You, you, you were there. You know, he did Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> uh-huh. which has this real Mormon flair because of his his Mormon upbringing or beliefs. And uh, but he, before that, he was like in the Four Preps, and he wrote one or two of their songs. Well, he should have stopped right there. Yeah, I just wonder like how this song got in there. He co-wrote this song. Did he? Yeah, it must have been the only way that it, something this bad could have ended up. Co-wrote it with some guy named Kip.
3: Something. Ugh. Which is just terrible.
4: That's kind of what I was thinking yeah. that this guy couldn't resist keeping his shit song in there.
3: Got his hands all over it. It is rough stuff. Sing. So we come back for episode two. Oh, this is called. These episodes are the Awakening part 1 and 2 by the way worth mentioning that they just renamed it that for the series. Buck Rogers kind of squares off with Wilma and convinces her and uh, the human doctor, Dr. Human,
2: Dr. Hewer, yes,
3: to look into
4: this deeper. Right. He's been on their ship and I guess for whatever reason Princess Ardala like I guess Wilma talked to her about it and Princess Ardala denies Buck's story. I don't know what the advantage to that is. Yeah. It's but strange. basically it puts us in a situation where now Buck says, Well, I can describe the inside of that ship. Right. How can I do that? You know, but if they think he's a spy anyway, well it's just <laughs> so flawed. The, the
3: logic is unsound, but they sus- they suspend his sentence. Well see, that's the point.
0: Are you offering me termination of my termination? Or are you just postponing it?
2: If you can prove that your story is true. So they, they put him in a ship. <laughs> they gave him a ship,
4: yeah. I was <laughs> like, why don't you fly with us over
3: there? So, like, when did he have time to learn how to fly this ship?
4: Well, he's a super-duper pilot.
3: Yeah, apparently he's a an Air Force pilot extraordinaire. Yeah. And I guess it's just like an F-15 or something.
4: Yeah. You just grab stuff and.
3: I mean, it looks like the inside of an F 15, I guess, with the, the rudder and everything.
4: I feel like I could fly one of these things.
3: Yeah, it probably mostly fly... Well, I guess in this case, it was flying itself,
4: we learn. Right. Move that joystick around, see what happens. Now you got to figure it out.
2: Stay close to my wing, Captain. We'll keep the maneuvers nice and simple. Stay on auto flight. You won't be expected to run anything but the throttle.
3: Thanks, Colonel. They go onto the ship and they meet the Princess, who's yeah. in one of her, another one of her, like, outrageously sexy kind of string bikini gown things mm-hmm and he kisses her on the hand and says I never forget a knuckle
4: <laughs> <laughs> so smooth
3: oh boy and then you know they, they deny that he was ever there
4: well yeah they're like they're like what what the hell are you doing coming out here and Wilma's was like, well we thought maybe you could use an escort because there's been pirates then all of a sudden... We see, well, we see behind the scenes that the Draconians, they launch their ships, which are the pirate ships. And then they, and then the Draconians say, Oh no, we're being attacked by pirates. Mm -hmm. And then Buck Rogers and Wilma fly out into space. But, but, but while this is happening, Kane is like, You bastards, you tricked us. And it doesn't make any sense because they just said that they just said there's pirates around and we came out here to help you. And now they're going out and helping. And he's like, This is proof that you were untrustworthy
3: yeah again very confusing doesn't seem like anybody knows what's going on in this insane (laughs) universe they live in
4: (laughs) they all just woke up
0: so this is how you bid a safe conduct fine escort at least we'll all perish together
3: and so like the squadron I wish we knew what these ships were called the the earth ships the cool ships but yeah uh, they a squadron goes out and they're just letting the computer fly I guess, yeah. And they're getting wiped out. Well,
0: yeah, Colonel. But if your computers don't do something pretty fast, your Lieutenant Weatherly will be finished.
4: Yeah, they. It's kind of surprising to see a kids' show where yeah like, people are getting just killed like that. Watch out, Thornberry.
3: Yeah, like four or five of these ships just get totally destroyified.
4: Yeah, like these people are dead. There's a couple of pirates. Are you-
3: Vaporized, and then Buck Rogers, of course, you know, being the rebel that he is, turns off the flight computer, very Luke Skywalker style, mm-hmm. and then um, gets into gets into dogfights.
0: Colonel, I'm switching to manual. See if I can start dishing out a little of what we've been taking.
4: Yeah, With these pirate ships it saves Wilma, but I guess everybody else was toast. Yeah, everyone else is toast.
3: Wilma gets saved, and she does thank him. She's starting to she's starting to warm up to him
4: a little bit, a little bit. Maybe he
3: does know some stuff.
4: Well, she's a, she's. I think she's a little embarrassed too. Oh yeah, for getting her losing her squadron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, she doesn't seem to be to be that
4: upset about that.
3: No, she doesn't. She's a pretty pretty cool customer so far.
4: Yeah. So then then they go home. Like why they don't go back to the ship? I don't know. But I was confused to, about that also. <laughs> they decide to fly back to Earth. They're like, all right, bye. Yeah.
2: Look, I don't know what went wrong with our combat computers, but thank you now captain let's go home
3: it changed into almost what is the final act i guess at this point of the the official reception of uh, her royal highness and her her entourage
4: this part i definitely like sat up and took notice like this they have this big like clockwork dance choreograph thing happening yeah they're, they're doing like a minuet yeah it's crazy it's super I, crazy i love this i love the sci-fi Minuet.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're really they really put some work into like the world building here. Yeah, uh, like everyone has like really cool dress uniforms. Right. That I liked with like they're, they're very nautical looking.
4: Yeah, I was thinking like twenty thousand leagues under the sea, kinda. Yeah.
3: Very like 19th century naval, British yeah. naval uniform, white pants, navy blue jackets with like gold piping. And they have like a red sash, big high black boots.
4: Yeah. This part this part was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Not the whole scene though. No, just, no. <laughs> yeah. Just that part.
3: Dr. Theopolis tells Buck that he looks magnificent.
0: You look magnificent, Buck.
4: Yeah. (laughs) I really really think those two should end up together. I think so, too. I think they probably do.
3: Yeah. If Twiggy is wearing Dr. Theopolis, does Buck fuck Twiggy?
0: I hope you know this violates my warranty.
4: (laughs) No, I don't think so. Okay, all right. I think that he gets to wear Dr. Theopolis. The princess shows up looking drop dead hot again what a money string bikini
3: yeah with like crazy horns on her headdress Uh, yeah pretty great and she gives a little speech about commerce and peace
0: i bring you greetings on this historic occasion my father king draco would like to present to you his own flagship draconia filled with all the latest technology as a gift to symbolize a glorious new era of commerce and peace. Let the celebration begin.
3: Buck and her dance. Oh, it's and he already knows the dance. Yeah. Like somehow he's this good. This guy's already learned this complicated yeah. dance and there's, there's like a sphere that they hold mm-hmm. between them. That was kind of a nice touch. I never would have been able to pick that up that fast. No, no way. It's like finishing school shit, you know?
0: I don't think I'm too up on these latest dance steps. Well, if you have a preference, it is my party. Terrific. How about something old-fashioned, huh?
3: Buck decides he wants to liven up the party, so he gets like the, the musician that plays the Moog to uh try to get him to play rock. <laughs> yeah. And at first he's like, no, 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 that's not right. You know, like he just snaps his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy starts playing some funky-ass shit on his Moog.
0: Sir, excuse me, are you familiar with uh, rock, you know... uh Try it, try it, come on.
4: Yeah, this is where I used up all of my escape pods. <laughs> to get out of this. Oh no!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: this made me so uncomfortable to watch. Oh yeah, it was rough. He's like, you know, getting down something that boogies. Yeah,
3: now he's like, now he's space Elvis with the space pelvis, and, and everyone is like, <gasps> like they're so scandalized by. I- the way his body is moving i can't believe that this or maybe they're just embarrassed as you were
4: yeah they had i can't believe this was a su- successful movie uh-huh. <laughs> it made like 20 million dollars yeah box office in 79 so it was so horrible to watch this let it go go
1: with the music that's it right yeah that's it
4: the princess and him dancing Mm -hmm. right i mean they go from this stiff choreographed dance that she knows to like these two people that neither of them are particularly good at like getting down or grooving anyway (laughs) no
3: it's pretty it's pretty white
2: what are you doing
4: it's
3: called getting down it's a little before your time if it frightens you
4: nothing frightens me
0: all right fine get down and boogie
4: they're just very awkwardly like i
3: think he even did oh. i think he did uh, do the lip bite at one point yeah
4: right the overbite <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what the hell were they thinking so
3: she's clearly enamored with him she gets really scolded by kane and he threatens her with you know you got to snap to it because there are 29 other imperial daughters and they all want your job basically
4: yeah kane's a little jealous
3: yeah he is you can tell it that, that he's jealous and and this is when something else crazy happens. Like, Buck Rogers makes a plan, because he's, he's got a plan already, because he's Buck Rogers. But he's going to meet the princess at her launch at midnight and go back to the ship with her for, for things. And he's about to leave, and he gets stopped by, Buck Rogers gets stopped by Wilma. Captain
2: Rogers. I wonder if this wouldn't be a good time to talk with you. I have something I would like to say
4: yeah
3: and she's like all of a sudden, like, I want to let's go bone down,
4: yeah, and I just want to be clear this is this is also part of the sequence where I'm hitting the escape pod uh, <laughs> this, this, from the dancing through this scene was so oh. hard to watch. She has such an about face.
2: I'd like to be your friend. I've behaved very badly. It's just that i'm I'm so mixed up. All my life I've been trained for leadership. I've never experienced emotion like these in my entire career. I found myself crying, then laughing, angry at you, and then feeling most amazing tenderness. I thought you were a spy, Captain Rogers. I was wrong.
4: It doesn't make any sense. Like, I thought she was trying to trick him That's or what I thought, too. I thought
3: this has got to be some kind of psyop to find out if he's really a spy or not.
4: Yeah, she confesses that he's taught her how to like think about things different. Yeah.
3: She gives him a big smooch, and then she's like, hey, do you want to go someplace? Yeah. Like, re- oh ask God. them, like, you want to go to a second location? And fuck.
2: Would you like to go someplace?
4: He's checking. He's like... I gotta, he watch. checks his
3: watch yeah. <laughs> his <laughs> digital watch is like look babe I, I gotta think about it. I'm not ready for this yet I'm still too shaky right. for my ordeal
4: right I was just frozen like in, like a day ago
3: yeah and he like totally is her and gets out gets the fuck out of there yeah and leaves her looking confused but we're all confused by this point so
4: very confused yeah
0: I've uh, been out of it for quite a while uh, 500 years
2: you mean you're just leaving just like that
3: Buck Rogers and the princess are on her personal ship, and we learn really quickly that uh, Tweaky and Doctor Theopolis have have uh, what do you call that <laughs> stowed <Stow-away>. away? Yes, <laughs> stowed away in like a like a freezer unit, and because
4: uh, <laughs> that's clearly that's clearly what a council member is going to do. Robot yeah. council
3: member, yeah, it's it's bonkers, but
4: he really believes in Buck, right? And maybe he wants to watch Buck
3: Fuck. Maybe that's what you do if you're, uh, your consciousness is trapped inside of a cookie tin. You can just watch, maybe. <laughs>
4: yeah. That's satisfying. Yeah.
3: They get to the princess's bedchambers, and uh, Tiger Man is in there.
4: Mm-hmm. The giant bodyguard.
3: Yeah, Tiger Man is like seven feet tall, and he wears like stuffed animal tiger skins. Did you notice his tiger skins?
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's
3: like a tiger skin kind of thing on his chest and like tiger skin kind of like panties that go over his leggings or whatever
4: i noticed those when they were fighting later that that's a lot of fabric on that guy there's
3: a lot of fabric on that guy i like that uh buck rogers says uh they make better pets if you have them fixed
4: in, in reference to tiger man <laughs> oh i wish i'd heard that oh, was I, great. that sounds like a great line it was a good I was, one <laughs> i was having a hard time paying attention yeah
3: so she's like oh yeah right like tiger man you can leave so that they can be alone and immediately buck rogers slips uh slips a Louis in her drink. Yep. And he gives her the drink and he does that thing where, you know, they, they cheers and they, they sip their drink together. And he does the thing where he stares at her over the rim of his glass. Like that's a dead giveaway that someone has poisoned your drink.
4: Yeah. That wasn't a come hither. Like I'm ready to get past this drink.
3: I think it was, but it's also like, <laughs> it's that suspicious. Like I got to make sure that they drink the drink. That I just poisoned, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Uh, if anyone does that to you, maybe think of twice about drinking the drink. I'll start watching for that. Yeah, you gotta look out for that till.
4: Inconceivable! You keep using the horn.
3: And well, he, she, I guess he, she gets knocked out, but it's very unclear. Like, do you think that they have sex?
4: Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they didn't. It's
3: <laughs> yeah, I hope. I really hope they didn't at that point.
4: Right. And, like, later on when she wakes up, she she's expecting that he, Buck is, like, lying there next to her. Yeah, she's, a,
3: like, naked in her bed, and she's yeah. like, hey, darling, you know? So, that seems very post-coital to me. It does. So, we'll never know, I guess.
4: Yeah, maybe that's just how she always wakes up.
3: Buck Rogers, you know, does the classic move. He knocks out a guard, steals his crazy, like, Mongol uniform.
4: Yeah, he knocks him out by doing a karate chop to his metal helmet. And you even hear like the, the Foley artist added a... No, the oh. Foley artist added a metal sound. But it's like... Oh, your hand. Yeah, it's has got. That's, not, that's it not how you do that.
3: Fractured one of his phalanges.
4: Like, go for the unprotected neck.
3: Yeah, that's the thing, you know? You got it. that karate chop to the back of the neck. Does it every time. We all know that. Especially in space. Space karate. So Buck's sneaking around on the flight deck and he's... I guess he's putting torpedoes into the engines of all the pirate ships.
4: He's figured out that these things are bombs.
3: Yeah, and he's being observed still by Tweaky and Doctor Theopolis.
4: They spot him from a mile away. Like he's like here, Buck is like sneaking around in this oh, this yeah. uniform. <laughs> out, you know, everybody else is like totally fooled. And from like across the hangar, Tweaky and Theo are like, "There's Buck. Uh-huh. Like he's dressed up as a he's dressed up as a guard." So then they think that he's he actually is.
3: Right, that he's one of them. This is when Dr. Theopolis' faith
4: wavers. So so Twiggy steals Buck's pistol from his holster and holds him up at holds him up at gunpoint. And then uh, Buck, you know, convinces him.
3: He's like, "Look, you, you're slowing me down. I got a plan here." Right? "You got to trust Putting me." Banana's and tailpipes. It's exactly what he's doing, huh?
4: <laughs> you're not going to fall for the banana and the tailpipe. <laughs> it should be more natural brother it should flow out like
0: this look man I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe
3: and then uh, Buck's trying to get the hell out of there and he comes up against Tiger Man again
4: yeah which is weird because he was supposedly put in jail when they when Kane finds the princess has been drugged
3: oh yeah right he's like takes Tiger Man away
4: right Buck had stuck Tiger in bed with her so then she wakes up with Tiger Man and then like they arrest him now, all of a sudden, he's just free.
3: Now, he's just there. And they start fighting. I think Buck kicks him in the balls. Yeah. I think there's a ball shot. And then he puts one of the bombs like in his pants. Yeah. <laughs> Pushes him off screen and he explodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the pirate ships are scrambling because there's an earth force coming. And they're exploding as soon as they leave the ship because of the bombs. Yeah. And so, there's a lot of chaos. And I think that the Earth Defense Forces still think that, that Buck is a bad guy at this point. Right. But somehow they, I don't remember, they remember—they—they—they they get in touch with Wilma and they find him as everything's blowing up and uh, Buck Rogers, uh, Tweaky like, hails a taxi, basically, makes a joke about hailing a taxi. Taxi cab! Taxi! <laughs> well, how would he
4: know I what mean, that the is? Way this- <laughs> The way this wraps up is, right, Tweaky and the and Dr. Theo have, like, found or manufactured a radio, call Wilma, and tell her that, you know, Buck saved the day. Like, he single-handedly destroyed most of the, you know, the fleet. And so then she's decides she's going to fly in and and save all three of them, right? So, yeah, so, like, as she lands, Twiki's running up and is like... This is when we discover that the, the, the cool Earth ships have a backseat. Yeah, cause you're like, "Well, where's she gonna sit?
1: Where's he gonna sit? Where?"
3: And they uh they get out of there, and the ship explodes, and Kane and the princess escape.
4: Yeah, they they do a lot of bad explosion special effects over and over. Yeah,
3: just like superimposed over the model. Yeah, never really looks like, like anything happens to it.
4: Like really bad, like fire and and sparklers. <laughs> they just, they just threw everything at it. Yeah. <laughs> Like they do it so much that it just gives you a lot of time to really marvel at how they didn't put a lot of work into it.
3: So we're in the final scene here where Buck Rogers is, is in his apartment.
4: Yeah. I mean, we assume that he's off the hook now and they got to set things up for the future. Like what are the, what's the rest of the
3: show going to be about? Right. And he's got like his own residence now and he's somehow manufactured all these like 20th century artifacts. Yeah. It's just like a bad Italian restaurant set.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: like they're the, just like the red and white checkered tablecloth yeah and the lamp some cafe chairs a lamp uh-huh. yeah yeah a hanging lamp like you would have over your pool table
4: yeah they just like went to one box in the prop set i think they, they walked over to
3: the happy days set and just like went <laughs> to al's and took a couple <laughs> things out of al's
4: Two
1: Italians. <laughs> and
4: then he's like painting a smiley face on the wall yeah that was so weird that's so weird they do so many things poorly i think what they're trying to do is set up wilma as being sort of cold and emotionless because she's from the future right and they're trying to set him up as like he's a groovy guy from the 70s yeah but like with goofball you know sense of humor he's unpredictable but they're both just very awkward at their delivery in both of those things
3: oh i also like that um he's wearing he is wearing um
4: kind of like a disco suit yeah but it's, vest
3: yeah it's, but it's like but it's more like a cardigan when he touches it it's like a sleeveless it is a vest but it's like seems like it's knit yeah <laughs> and a, like a you know black shirt with a big wide tab collar yeah big collar black slacks
4: yeah and he like thanks twiggy for like making the clothes or whatever making, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like it's just like the drawings <laughs> uh,
3: but it's it's also funny because like that's his choice you could see somebody wearing that in 79 but he's supposed to be from 87. Right. He's like retro for his own era.
4: There were a lot of dudes that weren't giving that up even in the 80s. I guess not. <laughs> like they'd done a lot of coke. They had a lot of free sex. You know, they're, just, uh-huh. they're so attached
3: to that look. That's true. It was still out there. Dr. Human and, and Wilma are there. And they have a proposal for him. You know, they want they want him to come work for them. Join up and with the Earth Defense Protectorate. But also be like a multi-tool. Like be like a spy and... Mm-hmm. do all this stuff and, and he declines
0: to give you a new purpose a reason for living and to help you feel more a part of our world
4: yeah well i mean they didn't seem to really know what they were talking about no they didn't
3: they seemed like they were like they realized that they need his unique perspective i guess
4: i mean whenever you're offered a job if they can't really define it well for you it's mm. a red flag mm, good call said, "Is there a job description I can look at?" Right. He
3: wasn't. He was not prepared to sign on that dotted line.
4: Did you write down any quotes from this? No. Like the doc, the human doctor wrote. Like he said s- several things that were really confusing. But the one that really grabbed me was like he's basically saying, "We want you to." And then I quote, "Baffle the identifiers of the universe."
0: And baffle the identifiers of the universe.
4: What on earth does that mean? I don't know. I love it. So that's why I might, I might have said yes. Because I want to you, know what that is. Did
3: you take away one of your uh, spent escape pods? <laughs> yeah. Put it back in the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Put it back in the launch uh, bay.
4: Baffle the identifiers of the universe. I can't imagine, but cool. it sounds great. <laughs>
3: yeah. All right. See, right there, Buck Rogers had been like, "You've perked my interest." Yeah. It seems like he's going to, obviously, since the series going to continue, he, he stays on in some kind of unofficial capacity.
4: Yeah, then they're just like, okay, cool, well, we know you're, you'll are you hang out anyway, right? And we'll be friends. And he's like, yeah.
3: Yeah, and the little button is, um, you know, he's like, come on, you, you like this stuff, right? You like the the cool stuff I've done with my apartment. And they're both like, nope.
4: Yeah, well, Dr. Theo had been like, so what's the deal with the plants sitting in a bucket of dirt? Like, they really pushed the whole, like... Yeah, he's like, what's with a tree in your house, man? Uh,
0: Buck, uh, having a tree in here with uh, a bucket of dirt, is there any purpose in it?
4: Yeah, they're, like, b- totally baffled by a tablecloth and a plant.
0: Deep down inside, you really like this place, don't you? Huh? No.
2: No. No. <laughs>
4: Yeah, pretty silly. Yep, Silly shit. And then we get our soft rock music. Oh, it's back.
1: What will I see?
3: Well, Nathan, what did you think about this? Buck Rogers in the 25th century.
4: I did not like it. I thought I would be able to at least relate to it. Like, having seen it as a kid, and I remember really liking it. I remember all the, the ships and the guns and everything. I thought I would have some nostalgia for it, but I did not. It, it just was awful.
3: So you you expended all of your escape pods on this, huh?
4: Yeah, I mean, five, right? Five of five, I'd say. Five of five, the full salvo. I, um...
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna give it four and a half escape pods myself. I did feel some nostalgia for <sighs> some of the like again, I think it's cause I like some of the design elements. I like the ships. And I thought their uniforms were cool. They're all they're all white uniforms. And I like the dress uniforms. And I thought it had some cool ideas, but yeah, I mean, it's terribly produced and horribly directed and,
4: and the acting is, uh, the acting is rough and, i mean i realize uh, <laughs> that it's not a good it's not a good benchmark to say like what else have these people done you know like none of these people went on to do anything hardly
3: not really yeah tim o'connor the guy who played the human doctor he continues to work actually
4: yeah but i mean like not, none of these people are anybody none of them ever did anything where somebody was like you know oh like the material in, in buck rogers was so bad that's what was holding them back but they, they did. It just so many of the performances were really lackluster. Pretty bad TV. Princess Ardala or Pamela Hensley, like she she did a lot of stuff. She does that part perfectly. Yeah, I mean, what what she's asked to do. And Kane even seems you know I don't know. Sometimes he's all right. Buck Rogers and Wilma together is just always awkward. And then I guess it turns out I I was reading a little bit about this later that like they really disliked each other. But I don't know if they disliked each other at this point like it it became a problem later on so that always makes for great uh on-screen chemistry supposedly gil turned turned into a horrible asshole and basically ruined ruined the show wow (laughs) good job gil (laughs) i'm not an authority on it so
3: no and i don't think we will ever be
4: like do you want to watch another episode uh i would consider it because
3: in season two the hawk character is introduced. And I have fond memories and weird memories. Is that just a ripoff of Flash Gordon? He doesn't have wings, but it probably is. He has like a feather head.
4: Oh, I do remember that character.
3: I wouldn't mind maybe picking up a season two just to see how it's progressed.
4: Yeah. You'd really have to work on me to talk me into doing that. (laughs)
3: Okay. So for the foreseeable future, (laughs) that's our foray into Buck Rogers. In the 25th century.
0: Catch you later, monk.
4: Yeah.
3: And I also want to say that we watched this on the NBC app,
4: right? Yeah, that's right.
3: And I got to say that to a viewer, if you want to watch it, try to find another way because every 10 minutes, there was five minutes of horrible commercials.
4: So many commercials.
3: Yeah, it really was not a good viewing experience.
4: No. Boo, NBC.
3: Yeah, terrible. Well... Let's figure out what we'd like to watch next time. Let's check the database. See what's next. Millennium. Alright, we are going to review 1989's Millennium starring Chris Christopherson. Never heard of it. Never heard of it, huh? This was an old favorite of mine I've seen a couple times and the novel is actually really good too I would say the novel's great actually I think um but it's a weird ass time travel sci-fi that takes place partly in the time that the movie is made and partly in the in the future I like the sound of that yeah it's pretty cool I remember it as being a fun film so uh I'll be excited
4: to uh view that with you all right, cool. Yeah, it's nice to see something I've never, never even heard of it. So, oh, that's great. That's exciting. I don't think I've ever seen Chris Kristofferson act. Why me, Lord?
3: I like his acting. He did the movie, he was in the Alice doesn't live here anymore.
4: Yeah, I don't think I saw that.
3: It's uh, it's filmed in Tucson in the 70s. It's a good one. Really uh I think it was Jodie Foster's first film. She's a little girl in it.
4: Did you ever see that Jodie Foster film where she was, she was a child actress and it was all all children and it was like a gangster, like a Bugsy Malone? I think it's called Bugsy. That's what it's called. It's, it's Bugsy Malone. <laughs> That's my favorite movie ever.
3: I <laughs> love that movie. <laughs> oh they have God. ice cream guns. Yeah. <laughs> they <shoot like> pie. <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy. Yeah.
4: That's
3: one That's of my That's great. Favorites. A lot of people never know. I bring that up once in a while people are like, what the fuck are you talking about?
4: Yeah. One of my last, when I was at St. John's College at Santa Fe, I was on the film, like they would do every, like once a month, they would have a film like in the student union Uh and I was on the the committee to pick movies and (laughs) like it was getting late, people were tired and so like the debate was getting less and less about each movie and so I stuck that on and I was like, yeah, it's just a, it's a classic old gangster movie and I didn't, you know, (laughs) it was like, this is sort of before the internet where people could... (laughs) Yeah, and then I got kicked. you, Sly Dog. Yeah, and then I got kicked out of that college, so I never got. Oh. To, I never got to watch the resulting. Oh shit. <laughs> the resulting chaos. Yeah, I hope it was
3: appreciated. But. <laughs> the riot in the theater. Yeah. Hey, well, if we ever have a reason to do a bonus episode, yeah, you know, let's do that. That's a great movie. Well, until next time, thank you for joining us in our Escape Pod. We're on the internet. You can find us. It's the Escape Pod with the exclamation point. Please subscribe, follow, please tell a friend. Yeah. Share it. And as always, we thank Old Roots for our theme song.
4: New episodes come out every other Wednesday.
3: See you next time for Millennium. Bye. bye bye.
2: Boop 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 boop. boop.